Please turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Uh, Bible in P-Rack in front of you and uh, the table of contents, the book of Ecclesiastes and the Old Testament chapter 12. We've been studying the book for a while now, and uh, we come to really just one uh, important verse, one important verse towards the end, and really one of the important concluding verses uh, as we look at the end of this book. And so I'm excited to share this with you today. Uh, If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you chapter 12, verse 1. And God's word says this, Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning, and we ask that your spirit would be at work in us, uh, that we might be changed, that we might be instructed, but uh, renewed in our our minds and our hearts, that you would change us, transform us into the people you want us to be. God, thank you for this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for being here today. I'm reminded uh, a few years ago now, uh, Rebecca and I and the kids were up in Petaluma and we were trying to plant a church. And uh, many Sundays, uh, there'd be 30 people there, 30 people. And there's many more here. Second service, first service was packed. Uh, we had people everywhere, kids everywhere. Just thankful that you've come today because it's hard to preach when no one's there. Um, today, uh, as we look to God's word, if I can remind you that the book of Ecclesiastes is all about the meaningless life, uh, up to this point, uh, Solomon, who we believe Solomon, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes by God's design, his inspiration has written down for us, uh, this, this kind of journey uh, to look at all the things that bring meaning to people's lives. And his judgment on seeing them was not that these are significant and bring meaning, but he says, vanity of vanities or fleeting, fleeting. This idea, it won't last, it's meaningless to us. And uh, for some, this might be a great discouragement, but I, I want to tell you, it's a great encouragement because it warns us not to put stock in these things. It warns us that these things will leave us empty. We won't get shocked by that as we uh, pursue things and we see things in this life. Um, Today, we're going to find just kind of one thing, one specific thing that will give us meaning or give us help in what to do in this meaningless life. And uh, I think about the people that are here today, and I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I if I were to ask you to raise your hands, do you have anything going on in your life right now? Any struggles? Do you have anything that is bothering you? Do you have anything that uh, is discouraging to you? Are you struggling with any health things? Or are you struggling to know what to do next when it comes to your kids? Or are some of your kids astray and they're breaking your... Like, you think about these things. And I want to tell you, this is the church. This is the church. And for us here this morning, I want to give, I want to give you, because I think it's so important 
this one verse will be helpful for us as we seek to uh, live and to breathe and to be who God wants us to be in the midst of this meaningless life. God's Word. Uh, we're looking at uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Have I read this already? I did. Thank you. <laughs> Remember. That's funny. Um, Sometimes I get rolling and I can't remember where I am. Bear Valley Church Plateau. Got it. Um, chapter 11. Sorry. Sorry to do this. I still want more intro. Chapter 11. Last week, we looked at uh, the, the last section in chapter 11. And it talked about those who are young, those who are young and those who are old. Talked about those who are old, and it said, if the Lord gives you many years and many days, uh, that you're to enjoy them all. And well, what a challenge that is, right? Uh, for those of you who are creeping up there in those older days, it's easier when you're young to enjoy life. Uh, there's more challenges at the end of life than there are at the beginning. But he calls on those who will have many days or have many months or years. He says to enjoy them all. Enjoy all those days, all those years, all those months. And that should be your goal in the Lord to enjoy them all. But then he turns to the young and he says to the young, uh, you're to enjoy your days as well. In fact, do anything that you think you want to do and anything that your, your eyes see, go after it. But remember this that you have to answer to the Lord for all the things that you've done. And that being this idea of, as a young person, uh, it's easier to enjoy life, but it's important to enjoy it in respect to uh, having a God in heaven. And then in chapter 12, right on the heels of that, he gives us this great call to remember also your creator in the days of your youth. I would say it this way. I would say uh, we are to live according to God's design for us. We're to live in such a way of what we are made for, what we are made for. It's interesting uh, how frustrating life is when we don't do that. When we say, I've got a better idea. I, I've got a new invention on how life is to be lived. And uh, it's frustrating. Um, it's sad to me. How many, I mentioned this last week, how many young people I know who are discouraged and depressed and, and they're seeking to find meaning and it should be a, the days of lightheartedness and uh, an ability to just enjoy life, but they're struggling with that. Why? Because they've forgotten one key piece and they've forgotten uh, or chased after things that would only leave them empty. So we look to God's word, chapter 12, verse 1. It says, remember your creator. Now, remember, uh, many of you remember what it was like to be a kid and you were heading off to school. And unfortunately, like at many phases of life, life moms struggle with that sending off thing. They don't like it. They don't like it. Dads don't like it either. But it's that thing. And even if it's just getting ready to go to school in the morning and your things are going around, you know, lunches are being packed, breakfast, all those things. And then finally, 
uh, you're getting ready to head out the door or that last thing that pushing them out of the car. Mom says this one thing. Now remember. Remember what I told you. Remember what I told you. And it could be uh, remember to turn your homework in. Remember to wash your hands after you use the restroom. It could be uh, be nice to the kids on the playground. It could be anything. But they're trying to uh, set you up for success as you move forward. And so the kid goes off to school. They go to the playground. And, uh, you know, all the kids are playing on the playground. And they go, man, this looks great. This looks great. And what do they do? They forget what their mom has told them. They just jump right into whatever's going on. They're, they're, the game's starting and they, they say, well, I just want to play or I just want to do this. I just want to run after. I, and I forget what I was told. It's interesting. Um, what are moms trying to do? They're trying to set them up for success, right? They're trying to give them some piece of information that they can hold on to out whatever's going on out there. We do this with your kids going off to college or uh, Garrett's heading off in the next couple of weeks into the military. He's heading down to uh, Air Force. We're going to pray for you next week, Garrett. Um, we could pray for you this week too, but we're going to pray for you in a special way next week, sending you off. But th- this idea, as you head off, there's this idea, don't forget. And there's a couple of things that moms are trying to communicate. They're first trying to say, don't forget your mom. Don't forget your mom. As you go out, don't forget that your mom loves you and cares for you and forget about what, I, what I've shared with you. I'm trying to set you up for success. But they're also trying to tell them, don't, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. As you go out there, as, you, as you're, I don't want you to forget because the tendency is, right? You've all been out there, right? It's to forget who you are. To get involved in whatever's coming at you and, and the life that's happening and just say, I'm just jumping in. I went to college and I'm just jumping in, whatever's going on there. I went into the military. I, you know, they, they want me to fall in, right? They want me to look like everybody else. So I'm, I'm trying to fit in. Or maybe it's you move to a different city and a different town and, and you, you go and you say, I just want to fit in. Or maybe it's a workplace. I just want to fit in. The tendency is to want to forget who you are. But God tells us in his word to remember, to remember. And what are we to remember? We're to remember our creator. This idea of remembrance is not just, uh, I think of history especially. You know, history is dates and names and uh, many times they test you on your memory of those dates, times, names, countries, capitals, all those other things. And and they, you know about studying for a test, right? You study really hard. Some people call it cramming because that's what most people do. It's a last push and they got all this information and they're like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to forget anything. And then you get the test and you, you, you're looking at something, multiple guess, you know, dates are the worst, right? Was it 1776 or was it 1876? And you, and then you're, you're racking your brain and then you go, Oh, I remember. I remember. And then you put it down and there's this, Oh, I remember, but it didn't really change anything in your life. It just may have changed an answer. The picture here is this. 
is that in the midst of life, to remember, to remember something important that now impacts what's going on in our lives. It impacts the decisions and actions that we take. It's not just remembering, uh, yeah, I remember the answer to that, but now it's going out and applying and putting it into practice. And what is it that's going to change what's going on? What is it that we're supposed to remember? I'm going to skip over that word, your. Uh, remember your creator. I'm going to focus on creator. It's interesting in the, this passage, and I looked at uh, other places in the book of Ecclesiastes. Most of the time in the book of Ecclesiastes, when it refers to God, it just says God. It's the name of God. Uh, in this passage, in this passage, this verse uses the word creator. The creator. And I want to tell you, it's very important for you to remember that you and I were created. Not just, not just us here, but people were created. They were designed by God. Uh, the big attack on that, there's a reason for the big attack, right? Do you, do you know why? There's an agenda behind it. It's not like a thought-out agenda. Like I, I think it was just a bad option, right? If I have a creator, he owns me. He created me. He fashioned me. He knows me. He, he understands how I work. And if he understands how I work, and he, then, then he has authority over me too. And I want to encourage you to remember this. That you do have a creator. And he's the one that you should probably listen to in regards to what you're doing and what you're not doing. Sometimes we think we're our own person. We, we just do our own thing. We uh, tell our parents that when we're, you know, it's my life, I can do whatever I want. Um, that's maybe how you feel as someone who are young. It sounds like a good idea. You, you just being able to do whatever you want, but that's not true. You're not. You can't do whatever you want. You were created. You were created. You have an authority in the God who loves you so much. It's not just that. You've been placed in a family. And as a child, you have a relationship with your parents. And they were placed there by God. And you were placed in a community. And like there's, there's authority structure everywhere. And this is by the design of your God who loves you so much. Let's go back to that word, your. Love it. Love it. So it's not just that he's a creator or even the creator. He's your creator. He's your creator. That word your is put in there. It's designed to highlight that we have a relationship of possession, both him of us and us of him. This is very important for you to remember that this is not just some... uh distant God of the universe telling us what to do and we're supposed to remember him. It, this is an intimate relationship for which you were designed for, for which I was designed for. I think that that, that idea that says I do whatever I want to do and that my decisions are best for my life, that assumes that you don't have a creator and that assumes that if there is a creator, you don't have a relationship with him. But this passage is calling on us to remember your creator, my creator. As you think about this, there's an intimacy here. 
that God has designed you and I for. He's designed us to live in relationship with him. This is in the Old Testament, what, what I'm reading to you here from the book of Ecclesiastes. But in the New Testament, he further describes how this relationship comes about. Jesus comes as a baby uh, with the amazing supernatural uh, miraculous birth and then lived his life a sinful life and then gave himself on the cross for sinners like you and sinners like me. And so if we would trust in him, we would have relationship, permanent relationship with the father through his son, Jesus that he paid it all, that we might have relationship with him. This is how we were designed to live. And I, I want to tell you, um, I know that life is frustrating. Uh, I want to tell you, much of life's frustrations comes from us thinking that we can make it on our own. I don't need Jesus. I don't need to be forgiven. I don't need to have a Lord. I don't need any help. I got my own ideas. By the way, how are those ideas of yours working out for you? You are probably like I am, that we have a track record of bad ideas. We There's a history that can be written. Uh, you know, it always makes me fearful when... Uh, I see someone from my past. I, I just want to warn you of this. My dad just moved into Tatchby uh, uh, in the last weekend here. And so his memory's not so good. He can't remember any of my upbringing or anything like that. So don't ask him any questions. Um, but uh, it, it's there's a track record for each one of us of bad ideas, right? It's these places where we stood up and go, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And there was an aftermath. We bear the scars of bad decisions, bad ideas, sinful choices. I want to tell you that this isn't about your sinful choices. This isn't about your track record. This is about new life and relationship with a God who loves you so much. We look at this this morning, and I I just want to tell you, the way to live as you were designed is to remember your creator. Remember your creator. Uh, the passage draws us to the next question of when. When should I do this? And, and when is one of those questions of youth, right? Um, I'll confess to you that as a, a young man, I grew up in the church and, uh, you, you know, you kind of, you're going through elementary school and you're hearing about trusting in Jesus and how that will impact your life. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Santa Barbara and there are plenty, there's enough sinful people over in Santa Barbara. You know, you just see those people and, and you're kind of looking at things of two paths. You know, I could follow after God, uh, walking with him and walking in his church with his people, or I could do what everyone else is doing. And uh, as a young boy and as a young man, it, it kind of looks good. It looks good to do what the world would do. And th- there's this idea, this logic, uh, youthful logic that says this. Well, maybe I should follow after God after, after I do everything that I want to do. 
Maybe, you know, I'm young, you know, uh, they say you only live once and all this stuff. So maybe I should do all the dumb and sinful things that I want to do. And then after, you know, my life is used up and I'm boring and old, I'll trust in God because that's what old people need. They need God. Um, Maybe some of you are like me in that. You kind of thought that in your early days. I want to tell you this passage says the complete opposite, the complete opposite. It says, remember your creator. And if you ask the question when, the answer is now, now. I say now, I don't want to just say when you're young, because some of you aren't young here today. You know who you are. Uh, it's over 49, over 49. That's just what I want to tell you. It's the over 49 crowd. I want to tell you, I I say it now because the point is this, is that life is not going to get easier tomorrow. You're you're not going to be less needy of a Savior tomorrow. You're going to be more needy of a Savior tomorrow. That, That you need a God who loves you so much. You need His strength, His purpose, His protection, His love for you, His comfort. You need that more tomorrow. As you consider this, it says, uh, when in the days of your youth. Most of us think of youth and we say youth is to be wasted, right? Not be wasted, but maybe that too. But that's part of wasting life sometimes, right? Be inebriated or smoke this or try this or it's no big deal. And like, I'll be responsible some other day. I'll care about my body some other day. I want to tell you that that's the way we might think of youth. But God, who loves us so much, thinks differently. Youth is not to be wasted. We might also think that youth is to be selfish. Uh, As a young man or a young woman, you say, well, you know, I don't have any responsibility. So how do I make decisions? I just do whatever I want to do. Whatever my eyes see, I just do it because I'm the only one that's important. And so I can uh, use my days of youth to waste on my own selfish desires. Others would say this. They would say youth is meant to be enjoyed without restraint, without restraint. Whatever I see, whatever I do, whatever I'm asked to do, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to think about it. Uh, the thinking days are for later, later, uh, when life is over. I want to tell you that the, it's very different. It's very different. God gives us a, a view into the future. He gives us a picture. He gives us a warning. He gives us a roadmap that says, remember him when you're young today. In chapter 12, verse 1, it says, uh, it stands out to me. It says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before, before. It's the idea of preparation. When do you study for the test? Before the test, right? It doesn't help you much afterwards. When do you prepare for the game? Before the game. Before the game. When do you get ready for work? Before work, right? There's this preparation. When do you do training? Before you need it. 
not to pick on you, Garrett, but um, Garrett's going to do boot camp and basic training. Why? Because he's going to go get prepared for all that he needs to do in the future. There's a preparation here. It's a before. It's the idea that, that we need to see things as preparation. And, and as you look at your youthfulness, as you look at these day, this day today, it's in preparation for whatever's coming in the future. In chapter 11 that we went over last week, uh, in the midst of talking about enjoying days and for youth, enjoying days, it says, remember, not forget that there are going to be dark days, many of them. Some of you have already experienced them, right? You can uh, give a list of the tough days of your life. There was that one phase or that was that one day when I got that bad news. And then there was those other phases, those months that we were struggling. And like you look back and you say that those time where I was in the hospital and we were struggling with health and or we were struggling in our marriage or we were struggling with our kids or you can point to those dark days. But when you're young, you're like, I don't got any problems. You know, you know, I remember very vividly uh, when I was a youth pastor, we were sharing prayer requests one night. Uh, many years ago, and um, a girl, uh, she was a freshman or a sophomore, and, um, you know, there, there was some heavy prayer requests that night. Someone was struggling with the, their mom's health, and they weren't sure what was going on, and this girl starts weeping. She just starts weeping, and I said, I said, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? And a group, 20, 30 kids, and she says, could you pray for me? And I said, oh, sure, we'll pray for you. What's wrong? And she says, Geometry. What's wrong with geometry? <laughs> I just can't get it. And I, I thought it was interesting that in the midst of all the big things of life, uh, geometry was the biggest thing in her life right now. I realize that. That's part of youth, right? You, you, days, you know, if geometry is the worst thing that ever happens to you in your life, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. Uh, There'll be dark days. And the question is, when should you prepare for those difficult dark days? Before. Before. It's very important. Uh, The football team doesn't lift weights at halftime. They don't. They don't. Why? Because they're in the midst of the game. It's too late. It's too late. We look at this and there's a before there. And what is it before? Chapter 12, verse 1. It's before, as it says, the evil days. Before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. These days are are defined like this. It's the evil days, but it's also the no pleasure days. The no pleasure days. And I want to talk to you about this. And this passage is interesting because it's talking about youthfulness and enjoying life. That's the context. But the next week that we're going to look, you can read ahead right now. Don't read ahead right now. Read ahead later. But stick with me. But next week we're going to look at, it's going to give a list of difficulties of falling apart when you're old. It's going to give a list of them. And you say, that's that's great advertisement, Pastor. Like, that's a sermon I want to go to. 
Um, some of you are saying, I could stand and give testimony. I could give, you know, I could point to di- different parts of my body and tell you that things aren't working. Um, it comes in context of this, both of young looking forward and those who are old looking backwards. And I want you to get this. Evil days, evil days. It speaks of those hard days of the future as evil days, but it also talks about days where we find no pleasure in them. When we look back, and I want to tell you, uh, when you're old and you've wasted your youth, on sinful living. And you look back and you go, man, that was great. I I wish I would have wasted that money like I did. I I wish I would have wasted my life. I wish I would have uh, bombed out in school. Like like the list goes on of dumb things we've done in the past. And I want to tell you, once they're past and you look back on them, there's a word, we all have it, regret, right? We wish things were different regret. And if you're young here today, I want to tell you that sinful living will produce something in your life. Regret. It it will produce that. And so you're saying, well, you know, I just want to do whatever I want to do. Go ahead. But I want to tell you in those days to come, you'll look back and what will you say? I have no pleasure in them. I wish I wouldn't have. Regret. But there's also an immediate regret and it's ties together that when you're old, when you're old and you haven't walked with the Lord, you haven't prepared for the difficult days ahead. You look at the day and you go, I feel ill prepared for what is going on right now. I wish I would. Those regrets of the past. Now they have impact on your day and your future. And so he says to us, he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. I want to give you three things for us today, um, things that we be helpful for us in regards to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. The first one is this, remember, remember, remember right now, remember, remember your creator. And whatever you're doing, whatever choices you have, whatever situations come arise in your home, the between this option and that option or 12 options to remember your creator. What's going to happen is this. For us to remember uh, our creator, it will instruct or it will give us help. It will shape our yeses and our noes. If we remember him, it'll cause us to say yes to some things and no to others. It will, it will cause us to, and our yeses and our noes, but it'll also, the, the idea of our do's and our don'ts, the things we participate in, and the other things where we say, I'm, I'm out, I'm not doing it. If we remember our Creator. It's this picture that, that for us will shape our lives. It will cause us to make different decisions. It will cause us to love some things and to hate others because we remember our God, the one who made us. So the first word, remember. The second thing I want to give to you uh, this, this morning is this. It, it's either remember or regret. Remember or regret. 
There's two options. You remember the Lord with today and whatever's going on. Uh, there'll be a sense of you're where you need to be. You're, you're walking with the Lord. Uh, but if you don't, you're doing the other thing. You will regret. You'll regret. regret. Remember or regret. And lastly, I just want to say this. The time is now. The time is now. doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, or how young you're not. Now is the time. This day and what you have going and what uh, your life is involved with, I want to encourage you, remember your Creator and do it now. Please join with me in prayer as we'll close. God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for this one simple verse and all that You're bringing together in it in the book of Ecclesiastes. God, set our ship straight. God, I, I know we struggle. I know we often purposely forget you. We push you away. We we say no when we should say yes. We try to think about other things. We try to fill our days with other meaningless things that somehow find meaning and it'll never work. God, help us to remember you in this life that you've given us. God, I pray for each one here uh, that you would be doing a work in their life. Now, drawing them to yourselves. God, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today. I hope you have a great week. Uh, Continue to pray for the Kirbys. We'll see you next week.